But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. You are now listening to another presentation of After Further Review preseason picks from yours truly. David the Man of God Harris. That's right. David the Man of God Harris is here on the phone lines. We're going to get into the NFC West and see how the West was won. David, go ahead. All right. We're going to start from worst to first. And you all know where we're starting. The last couple of seasons, people in the state of Arizona probably have like a no entry. Like, list, like, I'm banned from the state for these picks, but Cardinals are trash. Like, let's, let's call a spade a spade. The Cardinals are trash. The quarterback is perpetually hurt, probably waiting for Call of Duty to come out. Their quarterback, week one, is Joshua Dodds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all you need to know. Offense, defensively, they're going to probably be better. Because they, they're going to be on the field quite a bit just because their offense, I think, is going to struggle to score points. The offense, yes, they improved getting offensive line help just to keep the quarterback upright, but they're protecting trash. Like, their quarterback situation is arguably one of the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. And when Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray comes back, it's going to take some time for him to get back into game shape. So that's it's going to be hard for Cardinals fans, and I have them finishing with a record of three and thirteen. You have a three and thirteen. Three and thirteen, and you mean you got to be three and fourteen, right? Isn't there seventeen games? Yeah, three and fourteen. Sorry. Now, without Kyler Murray and them, and, and the new head coaching, uh, why the three? I could see them. Getting couldn't this have been a team that could be zero and seventeen, or no? They they can definitely be zero and seventeen. I originally in my one point of predictions, I put them at one and sixteen, mm-hmm. and I was like, eh. I could see them getting some BS wins late after their their fate is sealed and they play a lot of the young players. Mm-hmm. And they play divisional games when team, or things are wrapped up. So mm-hmm. I can see them stealing a win. But yeah, right. the team's bad. Right. Keep going. I mean, actually, let's look at their schedule. I know last year you predicted that Cardinals would end up last. I do believe they did end up last. Yeah, by a long shot. <laughs> and I thought maybe it was just Cardinals hate, but actually, no, it wasn't. You were... I give you your props. You were right. So let's see here. So in 2022, in the NFC East, or West, excuse me, 
San Fran won at 13 and 4. Seattle was 9 and 8. The Rams were 5 and 12. And the Cardinals last season were 4 and 13, which you are predicting now. Yeah, it's definitely going to. The only time they'd be in first place is because of, probably because of the alphabet, because they're Arizona. Well, let's look at their, their schedule, though. They got the Commanders first at the Commanders, Giants, Cowboys, and 49ers. That's their first four games. Yeah. They they play, like since they cross over with the NFC East, yeah, it's going to... Eh, Again, if you're a Cardinals fan, good luck. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't see them winning. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil the you know, pick them for week one, but yeah. Not off to a good start if you're at Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, that's true. Then after that, you have the Bengals, Rams, Seahawks, and Ravens. Yeah, the schedule looks a little murderer's row for compared to the talent that they actually have. Yeah, the AFC. Yeah, playing AFC North, mm-hmm. AFC North and NFC East are going to be the two toughest divisions. Yeah, that you could play crossover. Yeah, that is true. And then after that, they have the Browns, the Falcons, and the Texans. They, they, it kind of eases up a little bit. The Browns, Falcons, Texans, and Rams. That could be a four-game stretch where they could probably get two wins at least or maybe go three, depending on where those teams are at. Yeah, for, for sure, one of their wins is coming between Week 9 and Week 12. Mm-hmm. Two is going to – but it's also – Falcons at home, you, you never know. It's the Falcons. They're, that game could be like, look, loser gets number one overall pick and we'll just give it to him. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you have the Rams, Steelers, Niners, Bears. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, Christmas Eve, Arizona at Chicago, there might be four people in the stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. And then the, the Niners, the Bears, that could be an interesting one. The Eagles, and then they end the season with the Eagles and Seahawks. Yeah, it's going to be a rough one for them. Which is why I initially thought, you know, one was pushing it. But, you there know, is a doubt. Right, and then there is a, a stretch right there that we mentioned that there's a four-game stretch where they could get two to three wins depending on if there's no injury. You know, if, if everything could fall into place, they can be competitive. Yeah, and they also have the misfortune of being one of those teams with a week 14 bye. Mm-hmm. So that's three months of nonstop week-after-week football, and then you get your bye week towards the end of the season, which I don't want to go on a rant, but Five weeks should be done by the end of November, mm-hmm. personally. Like, having by week, and then you have four weeks left in the season, like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing here? Right. Okay, keep going. And so, as we move up the ladder, take a huge leap to the third place team, 
that would be the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. And I think because their offense is so predicated on Cooper Cup at the wide receiving core, I think their offense is going to take a little bit of a step back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have complementary pieces that they can get the ball to, but I think just Stafford loves throwing to Cooper Cup. Like, mm-hmm. number one, there's a reason why he gets like 30 targets a game because that's that's the safe out. The team the offense is really based around Cooper Cup being the focal point of the offense. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to hurt while he's nursing his injury the first part of the season. Again, once he gets back into game speed, it's going to look night and day. I also think because of the cross-divisional schedule, playing that murderer's row conference conference of the AFC North and the NFC East, I think that's going to be tough. I also think the defense is not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. And yes, yes, they're good. Yes, Aaron Donald's still a beast, but Another year older, another year closer to you know, being at the league. So, can the Rams... <laughs> you say he could be closer right out the league. Yeah, one year closer to being out the league. Every, I mean, every everyone is. Mm-hmm. With every new season, it's one that is, that is true. You, you, after your rookie year, you are one year closer out of the league. Yeah. Heck, so, maybe even the start of some people's rookie years, they're one step closer out the league. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, there are a couple of rookies that we'll see this year that we may not see again or CFL. Right. You may even see So I think the Rams are going to struggle a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. I think they improved from last year's win total. I have the Rams finishing at 9 and 8. 9 and 8. Please don't believe in Stafford. Even though Stafford, his wife has come out and said that it's kind of hard for him to bond with the players because of the generational gaps, they're all into their phones and everything. Um, once again, they're in a, they're in a pretty difficult division, obviously. Uh, but I still think Stafford maybe has one year, maybe two years left in the tank. I believe this is like his twelfth year, isn't it? Twelfth or thirteenth year? Yeah, he, he's been around the block quite a bit because he's been a good decade in Detroit. <laughs> Feels like it, yeah. And then got out to LA, got himself a ring, mm-hmm. won, realized, oh, this is what winning a playoff game is like. Right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a, a transition year for the Rams for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the offseason they start thinking more seriously about who the heir apparent is going to be. And honestly, if Sean McVay is going to be the head coach. For, the, for that next iteration of the Rams. It could be, yeah. Do you think he could stick around with the rebuilding year? I want to say yes, just because I think he's still like he's still young enough to where someone's going to give him a job if he leaves the Rams. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if kind of coming from that high of winning a Super Bowl, it's always hard to kind of get back to the top of the mountain, particularly when you've lost so many pivotal pieces. And because, yes, your offense is innovative, but now there are a lot of other offenses that are a lot more innovative than yours. Well, that also happened yeah. as well. Now, I figure I p- pulled it back up. Actually, this the NFC West preview you had last season had over 50 listens. That's actually not bad. 
Um, you had the Cardinals at five and twelve, Seahawks seven and ten. 49ers 11 and 6 and you had the Rams winning it at 14 and 3. Yikes. The Rams actually ended up 5 and 12. Seahawks 9 and 8 almost got there and in the San Francisco 49ers you were uh, way off where they ended up going 13 and 4. Actually, we're two games off. Close but no cigar. Hey, sometimes Sometimes you're on the money. Sometimes you're a little rough. Right. Now, you've got the Cardinals at 4-13. and 13, The Rams at 9-8. and eight. Who's second place in this division? Uh, as it was last year, the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. The right. Chris oh. Proctor, shout out to him. What do you got him so, at? I've, I've got them at 10-7, and seven, I think. They're going to improve. I, I like that young defense. They get, they're getting some shades back of that Legion of Boom. Offensively, I know everyone hates on Geno Smith, but he's just doing what he's asked to do. Not too much. Um, but be a game changer and kind of don't turn the ball over, which we saw was to their credit last season. Young receiving core, adding Jackson Smith and Jeeva. Mm-hmm. Only get better. Only question is the health of the running back. They, ha- I mean, granted they have forty, so they have running backs to go through. But that's going to be the only question that people have the running back situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this, this team, this team is primed, and I wouldn't be surprised if they they even reach maybe eleven, mm-hmm. eleven one. I'm going to say. Conservatively, ten and seven, but I could, I could see them being even better than that for the record. What's the record again? Ten and seven. Okay, ten and seven. That, that's solid. Solid. They went nine and eight last year, so you give them an extra game. Yeah, one game improvement. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can if you're not getting better, you're getting worse, or you're staying at the same. And I think. The Seahawks are starting to open up a window where I can see them getting back to that Legion of Boom era where the defense is going to lead them to success and the keep in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Which leaves us with the San Francisco 49ers, the top of the division. Mm-hmm. Bosa just coming back, just signed the deal real quick. Where you got them at? Last season, you had the Niners at eleven and six, and they ended up going thirteen and four and winning it. Can Brock Pro, Pro, ah, Purdy do well? Can he lead them? That's the that's the thing that I have with the San Francisco team, man. They're kind of an enigma. You 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 you. Yeah, they're the the one team I would say in the division where it's like. Do I really pick them as first place? Because there's a lot of variables that could happen with that team where it could go very, very, very good or very, 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 very bad. Yeah, like if Brock Purdy, first of all, I, I think they did Trey Lance dirty, getting him out of town. Well, how they like, do? What, what, what did Trey Lance do for himself to keep himself in town? Well, I mean, he was hurt. You can't. 
You can't play if you're hurt. But David, did he really? When he was healthy, did he show anything? Did he show any flashes of like, yeah, we got to keep this guy? There's got to be. I understand that he has been hurt, but what is he? This is his fourth year in the league. There was times that he was healthy, and like I mentioned before, if you got it, you got it, whether you're hurt or not. That's why I don't. I'm not on the Justin Fields thing. You just you just see it, like yeah, that's 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 that dude. If you really really pay attention, you no, know, I don't care what sport it is. You can just tell, like okay, this this person is just a step above the other players. And I just didn't see that from Trey Lance. I just seen, seen a middle-of-the-road quarterback that they had that they drafted really high and gave up a lot of picks to, picks to, uh, to attain. So at some point, David, you had to cut the, the ties, whether or not you felt it was dirty or not. That's one thing. But Trey Lance just just wasn't the guy. And, they, you know, Purdy, Purdy came in and, and did really well, and they got first place, and it's like, well, yeah, I know that, you know, he's almost, I think he was the Mr. Irrelevant pick. But Lance, but Lance isn't coming along the way we want him. And like I said, time is money. If you want time, they always say buy the magazine. And I think Trey Lance's time ran out. For, for me, I think that offense is not built for Trey Lance. Yeah, but, but David, David, we've had this conversation before. Why is it that... If you are an elite talent, why does it have to be the offense has to be built towards this guy? You could should be able to do any type of offense, put any type of players, and they elevate it. This is why Trey, this is why Mahomes is such a hell of a quarterback, or Brady. They just elevate, they they just raise the level of play. They just raise it. That's what I'm talking about. Is if you are the guy or you're it or the superstar or you're basically the quarterback in the NFL, you got to be able to elevate the talent around you. It can't be all the receivers suck, the running game was bad, the offensive line was horrible. Yeah, we get that. You need. I can understand that with wins, but you can still with all those variables that are at could be in the trash. If it's somebody that's a diamond in the rough, you're going to see them shine. And you can say, okay, if you get this for them, the game could elevate. But then again, though, it's like you had those moments like, damn, this team is super trash. And for somehow reason, they have a possibility to win the division. That's what I mean by the elite talent. And I don't think Trey Lance was there. And I think San Francisco did him and themselves a service. Cut the ties now. It just, just, it's just not going to work. Hey, we gave it a run. Maybe you'll have success somewhere else. No, I, I think he, I think he will definitely have success. Um, for sure. Um, yeah, I just think, um, yeah, you, you can't have those opportunities. I'm granted the. Grace ability is availability, so and right. being out. But right. yes, if you don't have those opportunities to shine, then you're kind of a step step forward. There's that two steps back, and you don't get that chance. So yeah, him being hurt definitely hurt his chances. And for better or for worse, Brock Purdy was the only healthy quarterback of the seemingly seven or eight that they had. Took his chances, and now they're riding the hot hand, and that's how they get the ability to 
mm-hmm. pay Nicosa, overpay some people think, but mm-hmm. pay nevertheless. And yeah, moving forward. But I hope Trey Lance does well. Right, I hope he does too. Yeah, it's just Wherever he ends yeah. up, you know, you always want to see a player do well. But, yeah, I, I think that they kind of realize that this isn't going to work. And there's no point in keeping a guy. You're miserable. He's miserable. Don't keep the guy around if you know that's just, just not going to work. And like I said, whether they're injured or not, there's going to be a window there where you just say, yeah, this is the guy. And that's why I say it every time on this show. Justin Fields is not the guy. You can do whatever you want. I, I see them trying to do screen passes now. He needs the receivers. He needs the, if you're a player that needs a whole bunch of stuff for you just to be somewhat successful. I, I can understand if you, you know, the, the organization needs to do investments with here, and that could help you get to winning a championship and capping them off. But just to win, possibly only the division, or try to get to being 500, and you need all that. That, that tells me you're not really the guy. I mean, we could you could like turn this into a Niners podcast, like Jimmy Dream, uh, who they drafted Trey Lance to kind of plant and kind of be the next guy after Jimmy Dream. Like mentioned some stuff on a podcast about the transition and him throwing shade at Forty um, Niners management ownership for how they did Trey Lance, and happy that he's in Dallas now. So maybe there's some stuff behind closed doors, but yeah, it could be. Yeah. All, all that to say, yeah, 49ers will win the division. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think that they're a Super Bowl contender team just because offensively it's still they're reliant on Christian McCaffrey staying healthy. Um, Eve Grant, they gave all that money to him mm-hmm. and you know, basically putting their offense around him and Brock Curry staying healthy, which, you know, fingers crossed he does. Because if not, it's Sam Darnold. Mm. And, ooh, that's a drop-off. Right. So, so I think 49ers led mostly by their defense. Mm. I think they repeat last year's record, and they finish at 13-4. and Hmm. Yeah, good. All right. Anything else? Final thoughts? Yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be fun at the top. It's going to be interesting to see some of the storylines. And I'm sorry, Arizona fans, but it could be worse. So you got San Francisco at 13 and 4, Seattle yep. at 10 and 7. Yep. The Rams 9 and 8. 9 and 8. And then the Cardinals at 4 and 13. They're 3 and 14. They're all, oh, excuse me, 3 and 14. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah. Okay. And probably a top top five pick. Right. Maybe a top three pick. Which could could land them a quarterback, which could be pretty good. No, he's probably going to want to play Grand Theft Auto Six, and that's going to be a whole thing. And you know, mm-hmm. too many game quarterbacks. Right. All right. Well, we got the NFC West in now. The AFC West. I don't know if that affected the standings if not because already one of the teams played on Thursday and they've already gotten a loss. So I don't know if that uh, adjusts anything, but we'll, we'll actually get into that. You know, you listen to 88.3 WTs. After further review, coming up next, we'll get into actual 
AFC West preview as well. And then that'll finish up all the previews for NFL football. Coming up yeah, next. the season slowly moving along. And then after that, we'll get into the NFL pickle. Ooh, we can't wait. It's in the 88.3 WHT's After Further Review. Make sure you check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. WHT's After Further Review with a picture of Frank Basher in the horse's head. Coming up next, AFC West preview. 88.3 WHT's. <laughs> 